Indigenous Earth Community Podcast, where we celebrate Indigenous heroes from around the world and learn from them on how to honor the traditions of protecting the planet. We discuss actionable tips on how to connect to our beautiful planet while lessening our daily impact. I'm your host, Frank Oscar Weaver. Today we talk to Brian, co-founder of the Yupon Brothers. We talk in length about Yupon, a caffeinated plant that is native to the United States, and there was a central cultural item for indigenous people of the Southeast of North America. Brian shares the story of the Timuaca people who inhabit Florida for thousands of years and who use Yupon plant and the rituals behind drinking tea. Before we start, I do have an ask for you. The White Mountain Apache tribe has one of the highest infections rates of COVID in the country. They are in deep need of diapers, bottled water, cleaning supplies, and masks. If you're able to donate, please do so. If you use Amazon, you can uh, send the items directly to the reservation, and the items will be dispersed to different people and places. And if you're unable to help, please share this information with other people. Maybe they will be able to donate. Thank you very much and enjoy the show. Hey, Brian, thank you so much for being in the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. And before we begin, I was wondering if you have like a quote or a prayer or a song that you'd like to share with us to ground our conversation. Uh, I do. So a few months ago, I, I had the pleasure of meeting Joy Harjo, who is the first indigenous poet laureate of the United States. And uh, she is a Muscogee Creek. And there's a really long history of Yopan consumption with the Muscogee Nation. And uh, luckily, she makes this easy for me because she writes beautiful poetry. So I would like to read one of her poems called Rabbit is Up to Tricks. Can I do that? Of course. Go ahead. Here we go. In a world long before this one, there was enough for everyone until somebody got out of line. We heard it was Rabbit fooling around with clay in the wind. Everybody was tired of his tricks and no one would play with him. He was lonely in this world. So Rabbit thought to make a person, and when he blew into the mouth of that crude figure to see what would happen, the clay man stood up. Rabbit showed the clay man how to steal a chicken. The clay man obeyed. Then Rabbit showed him how to steal corn. The clay man obeyed. Then he showed him how to steal someone else's wife. The clay man obeyed. Rabbit felt important and powerful. The clay man felt important and powerful. And once that clay man started, he could not stop. Once he took that chicken, he wanted all the chickens. Once he took that corn, he wanted all the corn. And once he took that wife, he wanted all the wives. He was insatiable. Then he had a taste of gold and he wanted all the gold. Then it was land and everything else he saw. His wanting only made him want more. Soon it was countries and then it was trade. The wanting infected the earth. We lost track of the purpose and reason for life. We began to forget our songs. We forgot our stories. We could no longer see or hear our ancestors or talk with each other across the kitchen table. Forests were being mowed down all over the world and Rabbit had no place to play. Rabbit's trick had backfired. Rabbit tried to call the clay man back, but when the clay man wouldn't listen, Rabbit realized he'd made a clay man with no ears. Oh, that, that hits pretty deep. <laughs> 
Yeah. There you go. That's how I started off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and once again, that's Joy Harjo's work. Um, it's from a book that I was lucky enough to get while she was here called Conflict Resolution for Holy Beings. And it's just really fascinating read. And anybody that uh, enjoys poetry or even doesn't even understand poetry, they should get it. It's great. Yeah. Sounds like something that I want to read next. Uh, I think the way that poetry is, you know, written You know, sometimes it unlocks things within you that we're not have access if you just kind of read it, um, just like a plain story, you know. So I, I definitely want to check it out. And Brian, you are one of the co-founders of uh, Yupon Brothers. Uh, what is what is Yupon? So Yupon is a Florida native plant species. It's in the holly family. And it's the only caffeinated plant species native to the U.S. And, and actually most of North America. So until you get down to Mesoamerica and find like chocolate cacao, um, that's the next closest caffeinated plant species. So um, it's really special. It's, it's great for you. You know, if you consume it as a tea type beverage, it's really healthy, lots of antioxidants. Um, it has the caffeine and the theobromine to energize you and the antioxidants to nourish your body. Uh, but it, it was also a very important cultural item for indigenous people throughout the Southeast of what is now the U S. Um, it was central to their entire culture. So it was a very pivotal, important cornerstone of, of native civilization. So in a nutshell, that's what Yopan is. That's really cool. It's almost like, uh, Elix Paraguayenses that we call Jeramate that we have in Paraguay. And that is intrigued to the uh, indigenous Guarani culture. And the Paraguayans, you know, we also drink the yerba mate like every single day. Have you ever had before the trede or the mate? Of course. And, and yopan and yerba mate are very closely related. So as you mentioned, they're both elexes. They're in the same plant species, our same plant family. Um, and there's actually a third one called... Um, Guayusa, that's native to the Ecuadorian Amazon, that is also caffeinated. So there are three caffeinated hollies in the world. Uh, two of them occur in South America, and one of them occurs here in North America, and that's the Yopan. Uh, so it is related to Ilex paraguensis. It does have some similar traits, uh, but it is different. But like Yerba Mate, it has an important connection with indigenous culture. And same with Guayusa. Um, the, the people who drank Guayusa... Uh, we're called Quechua in the Ecuadorian Amazon. Well, don't say a word. They're still around and they're still um, deeply involved in consuming what you say, actually. Yeah, I drink Jeramate almost every day uh, with day with cold. And I just got introduced to Yopan recently. Uh, right now I'm drinking actually the Florida chai. And it's, it tastes really good. It's, it's a little bit different flavor than the Jeramate. You know, this one here. Has like a robust flavor. Is a little bit with a flowery, with a spice aftertaste. The first time I heard about the Yupon was the I'm part of the Florida Master Naturalist class, and on the final day of the program, we have to do a presentation, like a talk, or build a project. And one of the students brought some Yupon for us to taste, and once I drink it, I was kind of hooked. Uh, so it's, it's it's pretty tasty. And you were telling about the people that uh, originally had this uh, plant in part of their lives, the uh, Timakua, I say the Timakua people. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, can you tell me more about them? Yeah, so we say Timakua, but of course they're they're totally extinct. So 
it's hard to say how it was actually pronounced. I don't, I've never found someone to, to correct me on saying Timucua, but uh, that's what, that's how we say it here. And they were, they originally uh, inhabit like uh, Florida. Yes. Um, they inhabited uh, North Florida and Southern coastal Georgia and on down into central Florida as well. So we grow our Yopon in Volusia County, New Smyrna beach area. And that is near the Southern extent of what would have been Timucua range. Um, so they, they probably inhabited maybe a quarter of the state of Florida at one time and, uh, quite in quite substantial numbers, might I add hundreds of thousands, at least, um, at, at least pre-colonial contact. Yeah. I know that they, when the Europeans came and they saw the indigenous people drinking, they kind of, you know, mistakenly called the, the plant, uh, Elex vomitoria because they thought that it kind of caused people to, to vomit and, is there a way to change the Latin name of a plant? I mean, I'm not a biologist, but like, obviously it was something that it was wrongly came up with. Like, what if we have like a Elix Floridian or something like that? Yeah. So theoretically there is a way to change it, but botanists are a fickle lot of people. And um, one small correction is that when colonial people, so mainly Spaniards in Florida, interacted with the Timucua, they actually didn't name it Ilex vomitoria. They didn't name it anything. They, they called it Casina, which was its in indigenous name here. Um, and when Linnaeus gave Yopan its botanical name, he actually named it Ilex Cassinae uh, after the native name for it. And it was actually changed to Ilex vomitoria in 1789 by the British. And uh, there's lots of conspiracy theories about why that happened, but Ilex vomitoria is not actually its, its original name. It was changed later on. And of course, it's rooted in a half-truth. You know, as you mentioned before, uh, in certain indigenous people had a, a, a ceremonial sort of purging ritual around consuming yopon where they would drink just tons and tons and tons of it in a very concentrated form, and then they would cause themselves to purge and, and they considered it to be a purification ritual. Um, but it wasn't actually the Yopan causing that. It was kind of like a conduit for them. Um, it was part of the, the ceremony, but it didn't actually cause that purging action. And, and the colonial types knew that very well, by the way, because the Spanish drank it every day, just like the indigenous people did. They traded for it. They paid high prices for it. And it was also uh, exported to Europe. It was exported to Spain. It was exported to Great Britain and it was exported to France. So it was sort of common knowledge that the tea doesn't make you throw up. It was just a big marketing ploy, um, kind of based on a half truth. And su such is the case with lots of indigenous foods, by the way. Yeah, it's interesting that the Spaniards were drinking and it's very similar to in Paraguay, uh, the Spaniards were drinking the, the ramate. Um, you know, I'm from Paraguay, you know, coming to Orlando, Florida, for me, the environment, like the heat is very similar. And in Paraguay, we drink the Trinidad every day because it's just so refreshing, you know, it just really helps you work in the fields. It works uh, in offices, anywhere you are, it just kind of keeps you refreshed. And I wonder if the Spaniards were drinking the, the Yupon for the same kind of like uh, reasons for like, you know, keeping refreshing in the Florida heat. Yeah, I assume they were, you know, and, and as far as we know, indigenous communities, and, and when I'm saying that, I'm speaking of the Timucua specifically, uh, they did consume yopan like in a ritual fashion, you know, a very important ceremonial 
fashion that we just discussed, but they also consumed it on the regular, like every single day, maybe in a similar fashion as to how uh, indigenous people in Paraguay would, would drink it. Um, so yeah, we believe that's the case. Of course, we can't ask anyone because um, all of those indigenous people are extinct. They're not around anymore and um, they didn't have a written language. So nothing is recorded on paper. And the only records we have are from the oppressing side, you know, the, the conquesting side. So the Spanish kept meticulous records about Yopan, and that's how we know that they had a penchant for it and they enjoyed drinking it and paid high prices for it. And they got pretty cranky when they couldn't get their shipments of Yopan on time. Uh, but we don't have much historical reference in the sense of how native people actually consumed it, you know, down to a T. We have archaeological record. You know, we can we can dig up things and look at them and see Yopan residue there. Um, we can take historical accounts from the Spanish or the British or you know early Americans, but not really from the indigenous side, which is really unfortunate because um, it's kind of like their side of the story doesn't get to get told. Yeah, that's, that's unfortunate that you know that story has been lost with so many other stories. And going back to the you know the ceremonial aspects of drinking the yupon, um, I can't speak about that. But in Paraguay, when we drink tirida, there's there's a little bit of a ceremony around it. It's something that if you go to somebody's house, they're gonna offer you, and if you kind of decline, is very uh, impolite. Uh, you can create suspicions if you don't want to share the guampa, the straw with somebody else. And there's a work around it. You can say, oh, I just had milk. So that way it's kind of like a way for you to bypass that. But, you know, drinking tirere is a way for you to get in the same level with a person. And, you know, if let's say you want to talk to someone and kind of tell them something important or like a secret or something that has been concerning or giving them feedback, you know, you can always do during a Tirede round is, is a very way that people can put their guards down and kind of level as, as human beings. It's funny that you mentioned that because in other cultures, there are rituals that are similar around tea, for example, and, and I'm talking about tea, which is Camellia sinensis. If you're in India, it's actually considered impolite to not refuse someone's offer of tea. So it's kind of the opposite, right? It's, to me, it seems silly, but that's the way it is there. And um, somebody offers you tea, you have to say, oh, no, thank you. You know, and only when they insist are you supposed to take it. Otherwise, it's considered to be rude. Um, so it's kind of funny. And, you know, Yopan in, in that extent had its own customs. For example, people would drink Yopan from whelk shells. So that was the ceremonial vessel of Yopan consumption was actually a very large, hard, Basically, it's a sea snail um, called a lightning whelk that occurs naturally in, in Florida and all throughout the South. And that's that's what they historically consumed Yopan out of, maybe ceramic vessels as well. Um, so it had a ceremonial touch to it, you know, the, the consuming of Yopan, but it's hard for us to say exactly what that looked like. Yeah, and you mentioned that Yopan has a very uh, big part of the traditional plan of the indigenous people of Florida and used for stereophonies, for healing. And how do you, your company, uh, honor those traditions uh, on the use of this very important plant? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And it's something that causes us a lot of consideration, you know, because 
it's a sticky wicket. That's what I call it. You have a a product that was used for many thousands of years by indigenous people. And, and a lot of those indigenous groups are gone and they're gone because um, colonial powers wiped them out. Um, in Florida's case, the Timucua, for example, were, were basically all gone by 1800 or even earlier. So they didn't even get to see Florida become a state. They were gone by that point. And, uh, and the story is the same for a lot of other indigenous people. So you have to toe the line or draw the line between um, telling a story and, and informing people and doing it in a way that's respectful to those cultures. And something that really bothers us about Florida specifically is you had maybe 700,000 or more indigenous people at one time living on the Florida Peninsula. And they lived here for thousands of years, at least 8,000 years, probably longer than that. And all that time and all of that history and all of that heritage, you can walk up to anybody in the street and anywhere in Florida today and ask them if they know who the Timucua were. And most people don't have any idea what you're talking about. They don't even know that this culture existed, you know, for thousands of years. So one way that we respect that story is by telling it in a way that's respectful and as accurate as, as we can. Um, so that's one aspect of it. You know, we, we don't want to participate in erasure. I think it's so wrong that people here have this really Philistine attitude about indigenous culture as it existed at one time here in Florida. They just don't, they don't know about it. And I don't know if it's that they don't care or they're just not informed, but we want to inform people about, about that with our products. We want them to know how important it was. And we want them to know that a whole society lived here for for a lot longer than we were here. I mean, if you look around and uh, you think about your life, everything you do in Florida, your parents, their parents, their parents, however back they were here, it's still just a minuscule, just a blink of an eye, you know, compared to how long indigenous people resided here. Um, so we want to pay respect to that. And then the other way is from our website, which is yoponbrothers.com, 5% of gross sales from from our ecotube products which are the paper canisters they that money goes to a nonprofit that's called the North American Traditional and Indigenous Food System so what that nonprofit does is rematriate native food ways um, it was founded by a Lakota Sioux chef named Sean Sherman and he spent many years painstakingly researching, not just from where he went to South Dakota, uh, but all over North America and, and sort of rebuilding all of those recipes and um, reintroducing them back to society. So we think that's super cool and really important for a lot of reasons. I mean, there are a lot of environmental reasons to, to uh, promote indigenous food ways, like growing native plants as food is a lot less um, it requires a lot less fertilizer and pesticide and irrigation, for example. And then there are a lot of socioeconomic and cultural reasons for supporting those things. You know, we talked about participating in erasure. Well, part of that is saying, no, there's a whole native cuisine. You know, each, each one of these cultural groups had their own food, you know, their own things that they did. And we should know about those things. We should bring, try and at least make sure those people that are still there can participate in their own customs, in their own culture. And um, so we do support both of those initiatives. I hope that wasn't too long-winded, but um, we're pretty passionate about it. And when I started this whole thing, I, I had a very basic understanding 
of Yopan, uh, indigenous history of Yopan. But once you learn more and more and more about it and you get into like, wow, there's a lot of injustice here. There's a lot of things that were just so wrong. Uh, it becomes really important to just almost like an obligation to try and make sure that people can access these native foods. And, and that means native communities. And they want to access Yopan for ceremonial reason or just to drink Yopan. They should be able to do that. Uh, whether that means them producing it themselves, uh, which we would help with, or us supplying them with it, um, which we do a lot of the time for free. Uh, and whatever that means, you know, bringing the, the native foods back, I think would be good for everyone in our society. That's a beautiful uh, project you have. And I think it's so great that you're including the indigenous perspective into it. And I think it's getting really popular now, Yupon. You know, I'm in Orlando and uh, one of my favorite restaurants is uh, Dandelions. I've seen that they've been sold there. And uh, yesterday I went to my favorite coffee shop, I Create Coffee. And they also had it there. So I think you guys are kind of fulfilling the mission to to spread the word about the importance of uh, Yupon. Yeah, that's that's a huge part of it. And uh, what we call it is an awareness deficit. There's so many people out there, as I mentioned previously, that just don't even know what Yopan is. Um, and, and same is true, was true for many years of Yerba Mate. Now you have a lot more people that understand what Yerba Mate is. Same story, you know, it's just... This is uh, something from here, you know, and I think it's important. People that live here, they should know that we have the ability to produce food from native plants. You know, we have the ability to really consume things that are local and even, even down to our caffeine source. So part of that deal is informing everyone about it, educating every customer, you know, making sure that they know that that's an option for them. And you don't have to drink tea from 8,000 miles away. You can drink Yopan and does everything that tea can do for you, but it's from your own backyard, uh, which I think is a lot better, not just for the environment, but for people in general. Yes. And you mentioned how now Jaramate is so well known. I remember when I first moved to Orlando, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I went to uh, one of the theme parks and I had my thermo, my guampa, and I'm drinking tere. And security came and they thought that we were like smoking weed or something because the way that Jaramate looks. And I feel like now um, those kind of interactions are, are lessened because it's getting so popular. You can go to any convenience store and you can see drinks they have a Germanic on. So uh, hopefully the Yupon gets um, to the level too, because it is from here. It is from uh, our communities. And, you know, we have to tell those stories of the people that were here before. Yeah, it was central, right? I mean... It's kind of like, here's how I feel about it. And, and once again, my perspective is not one of an indigenous person. You know, I'm not an indigenous person. Uh, actually, I don't even know what my heritage is. And I don't know if it matters that much. But um, when you learn the truth about indigenous issues in the U.S., I don't know how it can make you anything but angry, you know, and, and really concerned. Because the whole story is either untrue or... Um, like I said, you know, totally Philistine, like we write our own narrative. Um, history is written by the victors, right? We don't like to talk about how um, the founders of America, for example, I mean, I don't know if I want to get myself in too hot water here, but uh, really, I mean, the, the early version of our government kicked all the native people out of Florida, the, the ones that were left, just kicked them out, took their land, fought three very expensive wars 
um, to, to accomplish that. And of course they weren't totally successful, which is why we still have the Seminole in South Florida. They kind of held out and, and kept their ground and, uh, they're, they're down there to this day, but we don't like to talk about that stuff. It's, it seems like, Ooh, it makes us feel kind of, kind of sh- shitty. And I think that it should, you know, it, it's important that we face the reality of how this country came to be and the exploitation and forced removal. And I, I would even say genocide of indigenous people is part of our history. It really is. And you have to come to terms with that and say, well, you know what? I can't change the past, um, but I can acknowledge it and I can try to make it better. I can try and make what I have here better. And uh, I saw a real opportunity for that, you know, as we got into Yopan is trying to write something that was wrong, you know, and do it in a way that totally respects native culture. You know, even if we're not indigenous, I still think we can do it. And so we, we've tried to do that. You know, I get, I, I think that we can always work harder and, and better at those things, but there, here we are. Yeah, you're totally right. We have to go forward and, you know, acknowledge the, uh, the wrongs, things that happened in the past and figure out ways that we can uh, improve. And, you know, kind of wrapping up in here, you know, you mentioned about the ecological benefits of uh, Yupon. And, you know, what is one thing that people can do at home to be more sustainable or uh, to make uh, less of an impact on the world, in your opinion? Hmm. Well, I think that there has to be uh, a consciousness about what we consume. And I think we're already headed in the right direction. You know, young people today, I talked about this with one of my guests on my podcast. And what she said was young people today, um, they, they consume less, but better. And I think that's a really easy way and actually an enjoyable way to focus on being more sustainable at home is that consume less, but consume better things. And, And the reason is because when you buy something that's a higher quality product, you're supporting the people that are producing it. You know, if you go to the store and you buy some cheap tea from, you know, India for some, a box of Lipton tea, that's like 50 tea bags for $4. Um, you're not supporting people. You're not bringing them out of poverty. You're not giving them a good job. You're supporting a huge multinational corporation. And I think that's a choice everybody can make at home is saying, well, I will vote with my dollars. You know, I will buy things that um, are better for the environment that are the higher quality that are better for my body that use ingredients that are sustainable or clean. Uh, I think that's really important. Right. And, and the other thing is about just use less plastic. I mean, that's the easy thing, right? Get rid of, don't get a straw. Don't eliminate a straw from your life or eliminate, um, one of those plastic toothpick things. I used to use those all the time, but I stopped using them because I'm like, realize how incredibly wasteful it is to have anything that's a single use, you know, use it once and you throw it away. Um, if we could think about how not to throw things away every time we use it, it would just be much better. You know, I don't think that people have to live like a crazy life off the grid. It's not about some people doing a huge effort. It's about everybody doing some effort. I think that's a much more sustainable way to go forward um, to, to really think about what you're consuming and try to, consciously consume less. Yes, beautiful words. And um, so great that you came here to talk to us on our podcast. And you mentioned you have your own podcast. Where can people find that? Oh, well, thanks for the plug. Uh, yeah, our podcast is called Teacology. 
And we talk about lots of different things. Of course, T and Yopan, we talk about ecological issues. We talk about social and cultural issues too. And um, you can find that Teacology podcast on Anchor FM. You can find it on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, um, lots of different places. So if you, if you want to find it, it's out there. Yeah, it's a great podcast. I uh, listened to the uh, episode with Valerie and she is my hero. She is one of the most amazing uh, person here in Orlando and uh, I have to check out the other episodes. So definitely uh, check out the podcast and uh, check out Yupon. It's great. I like the Friday chai, my favorite, uh, my favorite flavor. Uh, what about yours? What's your uh, favorite one? You know, I'm a sucker for the green, just the American green, uh, which is what we call it, but it's really just organic raw yopon that's not processed really or heated in any way. It's just a very clean, natural product. And I'm kind of a sucker for that. But uh, our lavender coconut's very popular too. Um, so it's kind of to each their own preference. And, and you mentioned Valerie. I want to close by saying um, there is someone, Valerie Anderson from Friends of Split Oak, and she also works for the Florida Native Plant Society. Um, there's somebody who really decided, you know, I can change something and make it better. And I don't have to get outside of my comfort zone to do that. And there's another thing people can do is, you know, look around, look at things that you're not okay with that bother you about society, about the world, about the environment, anything, pick a thing and try to make it better. Just anything, write a blog, write an email, write your congressman, show up to a protest, you know, whatever it takes, just do something. And, and I think if everybody did a little something extra, man, we'd be a lot better off as a society. And we're getting there. And uh, with that, we're going to end. And I say cheers. Yupon, cheers to you. Thank you so much for yeah. being on the podcast. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.